tonight. What do you know about who Trudeau is putting in charge of the emergency crackdown? The first of a two-part show. It's February 17th, and this is the Answer the Man Show. Why should others go to jail Why? when you're a biggest carbon yeah. consumer I know? There's 8,500 customers here, and you won't give them an answer. The only thing I have to say is government about why I publish it is because it's my bloody right to do so. Don't forget that Trudeau does not actually have the horsepower to bring in the Emergencies Act and suspend civil liberties law, not as the leader of a minority government. He needs someone to prop him up. The Conservatives, now that they have fired that footnote in history, Aaron O'Toole, they have started to come to their senses, started to act like a conservative opposition. They are opposing this suspension of civil liberties. I bet Aaron O'Toole would have supported it. We'll never know, and who cares? I doubt I will ever have to say the name Aaron O'Toole again, other than except as an answer to a trivia question or an example of how things ought not to be done if you want to be a conservative politician. The Bloc Québécois is against the Emergency Act too, as is the provincial government of Quebec for a number of reasons, including that it is such an obvious power grab by a tyrannical prime minister in the federal government that has screwed up everything that it touches. Imagine giving them more power. Here's the block. The nature of the, the intervention of the federal government in this situation is more political than a matter of safety and security of the people of Ottawa, which seems to be the only place where the situation is still hot and dangerous. Uh, and because the story of Quebec is what it is, it is absolutely clear that uh, in doing so, carrying the idea also conveyed by uh, the Assemblée Nationale du Québec unanimously, the, the Bloc Québécois will vote against that measure. But Jagmeet Singh of the NDP, the Workers' Party, the party of blue-collar guys, the party of truckers and men who get up before dawn and work into the night. He hates the truckers. That's what he says. He thinks they're Nazis, just like Trudeau does. In fact, I bet they have the same speechwriter. Perhaps it's Gerald Butts. When you go too far, as Ceausescu learned, people turn against you. It was just a few days ago that a guy called Jagmeet Singh, he's the leader of Canada's supposedly pro-worker NDP party, smeared the truckers as racist, of course. Quote, those that claim the superiority of the white bloodline. What a pig. It's always the same lie. But yesterday, even Jagmeet Singh finally realized the same old slander doesn't work anymore. So he went to plan B. He went for a federal plan to, quote, exit the pandemic. In other words, he caved in the face of principled human rights protests. That's how that works. Yeah, no, they're not racist, mate. In fact, uh, a lot of them are Sikh, like you. Hello, my name is Sathendra Brar, and I came from Orangeville. We are here because of that was the government telling us why they're telling me what to do. I, I need my freedom. So we're here for freedom, and I'm also a trucker. I'm trucking for 17 years, and I need to know. I know what I need to do. So that's why we're here. We stand for each other. We're not like part of another people. And I love Canada. I live here. Jagmeet Singh, why is he the leader of the NDP? The NDP comes from the CCF party a long time ago, comes from two movements that merged farmers, particularly in the West, 
and factory workers. Blue collar, both, both sides of that. Tommy Douglas stuff, folksy populist, angry a bit, but compassionate too, if that's your kind of thing. So, so how does Jagmeet Singh fit in with that? Is he from the factory worker side? Is he from the, the farming side? Now, nah, the only animal Singh knows anything about is being a clothes horse. He dresses only in the finest personally tailored suits, suits that cost about 5000 bucks each. Fancy cars, BMWs, luxury vacations, and I'm not anti-wealth, but it's so weird. He's really an Instagram influencer more than a policy man. He poses for these luxury pictures. Hey, pop quiz, tell me something Jagmeet Singh has ever said about an idea, a policy, a law, something that you remember. Not, not that you agree with. Just can you even remember hearing him say anything that wasn't air? If you can, you're better than me. I can't. Imagine putting that man in charge of the Workers and Farmers Party of Tommy Douglas. There's nothing underneath the fancy suit. And so it's no surprise that Jagmeet Singh, who stands for nothing, well, he'll fall for anything. He's clueless. He's more vapid than Trudeau, if it's even possible. He's more easily manipulated. I think he's terrified of another election if he doesn't support Trudeau. I mean, just 10 years ago, the NDP had 100 seats in parliament. It now has 25. It's a rump. But at least he's the king of the rump. And so, of course, he's going to do whatever Justin Trudeau tells him to do, to stay part of this coalition of power. And frankly, the modern left isn't about farmers or workers anymore. It hasn't been for a while. It's about censorship and being woke. And you saw him trying to denounce workers and cancel them. Of course, Jagmeet Singh supports the suspension of civil liberties, especially for the working class. I mean, they're the least woke people in any country. Singh hates them the most. I mean, you don't see them in fine, fine tailored suits, do you? So Jagmeet Singh is propping up Justin Trudeau, who is violating civil liberties in a way never seen in Canada before, so much so that the Canadian Civil Liberties Association, which has been hibernating for two years, finally woke up. I can't believe that. And they announced they're actually going to sue the government to try and stop this madness. Here's the press conference they had today. This week, the federal government invoked the Emergencies Act an extreme law that has never been used. And it announced two emergency orders that will have sweeping consequences on individuals, orders that it passed outside of ordinary democratic processes. The Canadian Civil Liberties Association has spoken out loudly against this declaration. And today, we have our own announcement. We are taking the Government of Canada to court. We are here today because of the government's response to the protests and blockades. The government's emergency declaration is unprecedented and seriously infringes the charter rights of Canadians. The government has brought in an extreme measure that should be reserved for national emergencies, a legal standard that has not been met. Emergency powers cannot and must not be normalized. For all the peaceful and disruptive protests in Canada's history, some involving unlawful acts and protracted standoffs with police, never before has a government declared a national emergency 
under the Emergencies Act, and with that given itself the enormous powers to bypass the ordinary, accountable democratic process. Our commitment to equality and other rights is the reason that we strongly support the charter right to peaceful assembly. This is how marginalized people can stand up for their rights. We plan to file a notice of application for judicial review seeking a declaration that the emergency order and, and the emergency order, the measures and the orders promulgated under it are not consistent with the Emergencies Act. This is the first time that a government has relied on the Emergencies Act. It is important from a rule of law perspective for the courts to scrutinize these actions and ensure that they are consistent with the purpose of the legislation and that the government does not overreach or infringe on the charter rights of Canadians. Thank you. By the way, the lawyer leading the battle is Ava Krajewska. Bizarrely, coincidentally, she was Justin Trudeau's lawyer against Rebel News in both the 2019 and 2021 election commission debates when they banned our reporters and we had to run to federal court to exercise our civil rights. Krajewska was Trudeau's lead lawyer trying to stop us. We beat her twice, thank God. I don't know, maybe she's sick of working for a tyrant. No matter how much he paid her, she's the one leading the charge against Trudeau now. I, I guess she knows uh, how he thinks, how he operates. Maybe she has some insight in how to beat him. Very interesting to me. Here's what old-timer NDP member of Parliament Sven Robinson has to say about the whole thing. You might remember Sven. He's a real civil liberties leftist, first openly gay MP, real Vancouver hippie, but also with a penchant for the finer things, including fancy jewelry, if you remember that story. But he just can't stomach what Jagmeet Singh is doing. Look at these comments he made today on Twitter in reaction to the Civil Liberties Association. He said, the NDP caucus in 1970 under Tommy Douglas took a courageous and principled stand against the War Measures Act. <clears throat> I, didn't, I didn't know that. Today's NDP under Jagmeet Singh betrays that legacy and supports liberals on the Emergencies Act. Shame. A very dangerous precedent is being set. Whoa, Sven. And then he had a follow-up. He said this. He said, I was in the House during the 1988 debate on the Act when we were promised that emergency powers can only be used when the situation is so drastic that no other law of Canada can deal with the situation. That test has not been met. NDP can stop this, will they? Wow. Give the guy credit. My question is, who will stand with Sven Robinson? Strangely, I will. I don't know if I would have expected that, but I'm not an NDPer, so it doesn't really count, does it? What about true civil libertarians on the left? Are, are, there, are there any of them still out there? Are they all fine with this bonfire of our liberties? I remind you, there have been three righteous men in the Liberal Party who had the courage to stand up to Justin Trudeau. Who would have thought? And actually, I don't think they were kicked out of the Liberal Party. I think Trudeau is more scared than he lets on. And if he would have kicked them out, maybe more would have followed. So if liberals, the least principled species of politician in the country, can show courage, at least three of them, cannot a single NDPer stand against this? Not one. Sven has broken the ice. You can follow him now. Not one. 
cares about civil liberties or even just standing with working people. It's just out of class solidarity, not one. And it's not just the bad justification for the bad plan of action. It's who the liberals are putting in charge of it. Who is Justin Trudeau deputizing to lead his paramilitary action against the truckers? And that's what it is. That's what the Emergencies Act contemplates. Who is the man of action who will finally do something rather than just have cops wandering around handing out brochures as they've been doing in recent days? Who will knock some skulls? Who will arrest men and women and children if need be? Who will jail civilians? Who will pull men out of their cabs with brute force? Who will use tear gas on civilians? Who will be as violent as necessary to get things done? Who will kill if there needs to be killing? Well, who's Canada's dirtiest ex-cop? Someone so disgraced that the city in which he used to police had to pay out millions of dollars to his victims in the worst policing abuse in modern Canadian history. Who knows the awful things to do and who has the amorality, the immorality, the lack of human conscience to allow him to do it and make him order other police to be immoral as well? Who will strip search women to humiliate them in the streets? He did that who will physically attack the men, who will kettle innocent bystanders in a cage, who is the sociopath who will give Justin Trudeau the blood that he wants. His name is Bill Blair, the disgraced, dirty ex-cop who ran Toronto's police during the G20. But you may know him by a different title. He's Trudeau's minister in charge of emergency preparedness. He is the one who has the cold blood needed to do whatever violence Trudeau and Gerald Butts wants. Tomorrow I'll tell you what he did during the G20, a disgraceful act that disqualifies him from working anywhere else but that made him perfect in Trudeau's eyes. Stay with us for more. Welcome back. Well, one of the things that gives me such a sense of pride and accomplishment and satisfaction as Rebel News enters our eighth year, and I hope you feel it too as a viewer and as a supporter, is to see the bountiful crop of young journalists we have from coast to coast. There have been days where we have had reporters in nine or even ten cities covering the stories on the ground. And not only does that give us more accurate information, I think it allows us to rebut the sneering smears by the media party, many of whom have never actually gone down to meet a protester. It's easier to call someone violent or a Nazi even if you never have to see them with your eyes and watch them react to your smears. I'm so proud of our journalists and one of our rising stars, in fact, the winner of the 2021 Rebbe Award uh, for being an ambassador to the province of Quebec is our next guest. Her name, of course, is Alexa Lavoie, and she has been on the ground in Ottawa for more than a week. Joining us now is 
Alexa. Alexa, great to see you, my friend. Thanks for doing the hard work of shoe leather journalism. Do you know what I mean by that? Just walking around and showing the world the way it is. Yeah, I, and, and it's important because it's not the mainstream media that we show you uh, the real side of the story that we are seeing here. It's so amazing what we are seeing here. It's actually the opposite of what we heard so far from the mainstream. Now, you do your reports in English and French. My command of French is very weak, but I see the work you're doing en français. We have an interpreter who covers off whichever language you're not operating in at that moment. Can you tell us um, what kind of reaction uh, do Quebecers show towards the camionneurs, if I'm saying truckers correctly en français? Um, have they had a positive effect in Quebec as well? Yeah, so you need to understand that right now um, in Ottawa, uh, the percentage of the French speaker are almost uh, half of the people that are here. So the supporter from uh, the province of Quebec, but not only province of Quebec, because from other provinces, they speak French as well. Um, it, it's a... It, it's a really big uh, percentage, and uh, they have a lot of support from the French side. And I know that the one that cannot be in Ottawa, they are doing some uh, convoy as well in Quebec City, uh, what we saw two weeks, uh, two weeks ago when I was there. Thank you. Well, I'm going to ask you a little bit more about what things are like on the streets of Ottawa. But first, I want to talk about a press conference you covered earlier today. Here, I'm going to play a quick clip from the press conference, and then I'll come back to you to talk about it. I want to start with the Emergencies Act itself. It is, as you probably know, a federal statute, an ordinary federal statute that already existed, has existed since 1988. It provides the, the framework for a government to invoke as long as as long as the requirements in the statute are met. And if those requirements are not met, then nothing else works, nothing else is valid. In other words, the government cannot act in this way unless it has statutory authority, right? So that's the first point. Second point is this. The Emergencies Act provides for four different kinds of emergencies public welfare, public order, international, and war. Now on this occasion, if you look at the proclamation, the, the declaration that the government has brought forward, they have chosen a public order emergency. So the other three are now out. We're talking about a public order emergency as defined in the act. So, let's look at the definition. And the words, as is always the case when you're dealing with law, the words matter. The words matter. They define the line between lawful and unlawful. So here's the definition of a public order emergency. It means an emergency that arises from threats to the security of Canada that is so serious as to be a national emergency. 
Okay? Now, as is so often the case in statutes, you have definitions that have terms that are themselves defined. So one of the requirements of meeting this threshold for a public order emergency is to have a national emergency. What does national emergency mean in the statute? It means this. It means an urgent and critical situation of a temporary nature that is either A or B. And here's A, and I'll tell you B. A is this. A, it seriously endangers the lives, health, or safety of Canadians, and is of such proportions as to exceed the capacity or authority of a province to deal with. That's A. B is seriously threatens the ability of the government to preserve the sovereignty, security, and territorial integrity. Now, those are the two choices. It's got to be A or B. And in this case, I'll get to it in a minute, the government has chosen A. So forget B. And the final bit of that definition is, and that cannot be effectively dealt with under any other law of Canada. Okay, so we're racking up requirements here. Well, Alexa, tell us a little bit. So who was there at the press conference? Um, what were they saying? And uh, why, uh, why is it important to hear what they were saying? So um, the, um, it was a lot of legal experts, uh, as well as uh, a truck driver, as well as uh, other uh, people who work in the uh, legal field. They were talking about the Emergencies Act that uh, Justin Trudeau have invoked, but now they, they don't have the... Um, the parliament uh, agreement still on it. So uh, what they were saying is talking about the legal advice uh, uh, from lawyer. And as well, as you know, some of the people right now have their bank account frozen uh, because of these emergencies act. So we were discussing about uh, that. And they, um, they actually talk about a lot of uh, legal uh, side of what is going on with uh, all the decision taken by the government of Mr. Uh, Justin Trudeau. Well, I'm really grateful that you were there to cover it. And we'll put a link underneath, underneath this video if people want to watch the whole thing. We just played a small snippet of it there. Now, I understand. Now, I, I know some of the people who were there, David Anber, uh, one of yeah. the lawyers, he works for the Democracy Fund, which is the charity that we like to support. Uh, Bruce Party, I've had the pleasure of talking with him. He's a very powerful thinker about freedom in Canada. So those were really, that's a really good panel. Uh, I understand that the mainstream media didn't really want to report. They came more to attack or heckle. Can you tell me what happened? I, I only heard this secondhand. What, what actually happened in the room? So... Today, no mainstream media was present, but I was at a press conference yesterday. Um, they, it was a retired RCMP, OPP uh, officer that was talking against what is going on right now. And so the New York Times reporter started to yell a question not even when, uh, before they finish uh, their press conference. So they needed to wrap, uh, the, to wrap up again the press conference 
out. So we finished the press conference outside with only independent journalists because the mainstream media was not able to wait their time to talk. They just yell their question instead. Mm. Well, you know, it doesn't surprise me. Um, I, I think that some of the mainstream media journalists, some of them are curious to hear what the truckers and their allies have to say, but I think most of them are there to attack. And frankly, I'm so glad that Rebel News has been reporting this first for at least a week or two before the mainstream media from the United States arrived, because I think enough of the truth got out that people have an accurate impression if they've been watching Rebel News and some of our talent, I know you've been on different shows, uh, even in America, and I think that's very exciting. Um, I think the New York Times and other left-wing journalists who are flying up there right now, they're coming to do damage control, so to speak, to spin things for the government. So I'm glad we were there first. Uh, let's get to what's going on on the street. I can see behind yeah. you uh, a big truck with the Canadian flag on its bumper. Um, yeah. and, and I don't know if we can pan the camera around. Is it possible just to swing the camera around a little bit? I don't want to disrupt the, the, oh, so there's a few trucks. So, okay, good. Thank you. I have a better view now. So, um, looks like the whole road is blocked there. Um, yeah. but there is other traffic I see going by. Uh, what's it like on the yeah. ground? So, um, since uh, ju just before uh, the Emergencies Act, um, the organizer have talked with the truck driver to agree to move all the truck in uh, Wellington Street and really specific street. So as you can see behind me, it's really co condensed uh, truck online. And uh, so it's funny because afterwards they invoke the emergency hack when we can see that um, the organizer are complying to their demand. Um, so this morning I was on the field at 6 a.m. and uh, since uh, 5 a.m. Uh, the uh, construction workers were or build up a fence all around the parliament. But fun fact, you have already a fence <laughs> around the parliament but he built one upper than the other one and when i asked the police officer they say that is for the safety of the people <laughs> i don't see uh, why is the safety on that and as well they build a fence around the senate of canada building and uh and this morning because yesterday they gave a notice of a warning to everybody who had a truck or protester supporter uh, to move their car and their truck from the street. And if they don't agree, they are subject to be arrested for taking part to illegal action. Hmm. But this morning they came back with another notice, this time a red paper to say, um, this is a final notice. If you're not moving your uh, car, you're facing uh, really a big, um, legal, uh, you, you actually breaking the law and you will be arrested, uh, for stopping the traf traffic, stopping the, uh, blocking the road and, uh, stopping, uh, people to go and uh, work in their shop and open the businesses. Hmm. Uh, that's incredible. You know what? I, I don't know how serious to take these threats because of course, they already handed out a notice on blue paper. I don't know, blue paper, red paper. And the Emergencies Act was declared. And, you know, 
Ontario already declared an emergency earlier. And, you know, the Ottawa police have all sorts of I just don't know if they're trying mm-hmm. to scare people away or if it's for real. I just want to correct myself. I, I had said a moment ago that the entire street behind you was blocked. But I see now that there is actually one lane open. Is that right? Yeah, one lane is open. Most of the streets are open. And it's only one street I, w- I can say that is almost completely blocked. It's um, it's uh, Kent Street. Uh, but most of the other street is all clean. Mm-hmm. You can pass. You have no problem for that. Wellington Street, that is the main street where uh, all the truck is there. One line is open for the police to pass and for the circulation. So right now, for the traffic, you have no problem. Hmm. Everybody so there, can pass everywhere. So you say there's a free lane, even on Wellington, there's a lane for the police to go on. Yeah, yeah. And what street are you standing on now? Now I'm in Melcalf. So on the other side, I'm facing to uh, a police car and uh, um, the Parliament of uh, Ottawa. Huh. So, you know, I don't think you could, I don't even know if you could use the word blockade. Uh, The idea that what you're standing in the middle of some sort of national emergency Worse than 9-11, because Alexa, they did not invoke the Emergencies Act, even on 9-11. So the idea that you could be standing and I'm seeing pedestrians walking casually behind you and traffic slowly driving behind you, the idea that this is some sort of national emergency that we need to suspend civil liberties is such a laugh. And when you're telling me that almost every road has an open lane, including Wellington, I think it's pretty clear that Justin Trudeau is... Well, he's staging a kind of coup, I think, in that he's removing civil liberties away from the people as a desperate attempt to stay in power. That's my view on things. It's great to see you. Stay safe. If you're in trouble, call immediately. We have plenty of lawyers to help you. And give my best regards to our other rebels on the ground, including our friend Lincoln Jay. Yes. Thank you for having me. Have a good day. Right on you too. There she is, Alexa Lavoie. You can see why she won the Rebbe Award for the Ambassadrice. That's um, my attempt at French for the word ambassador. She's such a great ambassador for our company. Stay with us, Morehead. Hey, welcome back. Your letters. The Grumpy Hermit talks about uh, Chris DeFreeland and says, it's called destabilizing all of free market capitalism to bring in a world communist revolution. This is not something that will happen. It's happening and well on the way. There's no hidden agenda. It's all in the open. They're daring us. What are you going to do about it? You know, I was thinking a little bit about that because one of the things we know about Chris DeFreeland's patron, George Soros, is that He is very amoral when it comes to financial opportunities. So you might recall that he was the man who broke the Bank of uh, Britain. He bet against the pound, crashed it, impoverished millions of people, but he made billions. So, I mean, he orchestrates political change, but his financial arm bets on currencies and countries. So you've got Christy Freeland and Justin Trudeau undermining Canadian banks by expropriating things without due process, basically causing a run on the bank. Is George Soros finding some opportunity to short the Canadian dollar, to short some Canadian banks, some sort of tricky, fancy investment move? It wouldn't surprise me. In fact, it would surprise me 
he didn't. Deerich 101 says the border blockades were already being cleared or cleared. Yet he comes in with this. It's Justin Trudeau overreach, creating an actual emergency. Possible bank outages runs as well. I'm clearing my investments out of that country. Cast Trudeau's unpredictability is a major red flag for me. Yeah, the bizarreness of saying that turning banks into political errand boys is going to increase confidence in the country. No, listen, some truckers who were parking on the side of the road and honking their horns um, did no meaningful damage to the country. Uh, Christy Freeland tried to claim that that was damaging Canada's reputation as a trading partner. No, it didn't. But uh, interfering with banks and foreign banks, that will. Fuzzy Dunlop says... Questions for Canadians. Are there any Canadian celebrities or NHL players speaking out against what's happening here? I haven't really heard any. I don't think I've seen any NHL players speak out. In the United States, you've seen a few NBA players speak out. Um, <clears throat> I haven't seen any football players speak out against the vaccines, I mean. Um, I don't think any NHLers have. I think they are probably banned from speaking out. And if they do, they would have big financial penalties or maybe be kicked out of the league in some way. And I think they've all made the decision to be quiet um, for the sake of their careers and their money. In a way, I can't blame them because if our political leaders, our courts, our chambers of commerce, our colleges of physicians and surgeons, our media, our opposition parties, <clears throat> if all the people who are supposed to be fighting for freedom don't, can you really conscript an NHL player and say, hey, you should be doing more than the leader of the conservative party is doing? I think it's unfair. It would be wonderful if they did, but I think the criticism on our side has to start with the people who had to criticize, who had to oppose these last two years and didn't. Let me leave you with our video of the day. Our friend Lincoln Jay talking about banks, bank accounts already being frozen under Trudeau's emergency until tomorrow when I'll have part two of my story of Bill Blair. Good night. And keep fighting for freedom. J for Rebel News here in Ottawa covering the truckers convoy. Now I have a bit of a breaking story. Uh, we just spoke with a gentleman by the name of Sean Zimmer. You might remember Sean from a previous report I did in Winnipeg where he was uh, getting fined for running boot camps in his backyard because at the time uh, Manitoba was under a lockdown and it wasn't permitted to hold outdoor classes over a certain amount of people. Now Sean traveled from Winnipeg to Ottawa in support of the truckers convoy and he now has his bank account frozen he is not able to access any funds uh, don't take my word for it hear it from sean himself you're unable to log you in please contact your bank for assistance can't even log in full name sean zimmer um came down here with uh, the freedom convoy here in parliament hill ottawa and my bank account has gotten frozen which is a credit union um as obviously Justin Trudeau was able to get a new axe, uh, we call it the Desperate Measures Act, which you see him crawling and everything. I'll tell you right now, don't fear. We have ways to go around this. Now to get into what happened, I have been assisting freedom fighters, uh, getting finances to their families to make sure that their children are fed and they have a warm roof over their head. And in doing so, my account was flagged and they froze my account, not allowing me to send any transfers, receive any transfers, pay my bills. We just have a recording of the call that I got from my bank manager. So your account was, I'm not sure if you're aware, but there was a, a, a CMA um, uh, uh, under the Measures Act. Uh, they required financial institutions to suspend financial services uh, for accounts 
large crowdfunding going through towards the protest. And who is they? So you guys have not only frozen my account, but suspended my account? Well, frozen the account for now. I mean, we're working on this as well. I mean, so uh, again, this is a, a first-time occurrence um, for most financial institutions. So right now, what I can tell you is that we're working with the regulators to figure out what kind of information they're looking for, you know, what, what they want us to do, um, what criteria they're looking at, what transactions. In terms of the finance, the money that's in my account right now, and bills that are coming out, uh, scheduled to come out, um, will those still proceed forward, or is it completely paused from any any transactions like that as well? Um, it is completely frozen. So yes. So for example, and I don't have a lot to compare this to. Um, so what would be a similar situation? Um, so if there was a freeze, let's say for example, um, on a money laundering or a, a you know something that was. I don't know, all debits would be frozen. So uh, under this, that's how we've interpreted. There's not a, the problem comes in, there's not specific guidelines they're giving us. So the, the, the announcement reads, suspend financial services. Doesn't give into a list of criteria on what we can or can't pay. So at this point, it is. But is there something going through that's important to you that I should note? Yeah, I have my mortgage that comes out uh, tomorrow. Um, so obviously that's pretty important. Uh, definitely want that paid, and well, obviously, obviously anything that I can, uh, but mortgage most definitely, and uh, continuous confirmations on any information that you get once it's given uh, directly to my email address on file. Okay. So you prefer contact by email then? Uh, yeah, contact by email. Some written uh, written proof on everything would be great. Uh, yeah, you're with Assiniboine Credit Union, correct? Assiniboine. So I'm one of the directors. So two of the branches that you deal at, both Gateway and St. Anne's, report to me. Right. Uh, so that, yeah, so I'm the director of those. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Thanks for the call. I'll wait for your correspondence no worries, on that. No Thanks. Take care. Yeah, you as well. Bye. So, Sean, you have bills to pay, right? You said you have a mortgage. What are your plans with your bank account frozen? Yeah, I have bills to pay. I have a daughter who's turning nine years old right away. Uh, we run a school as well out of the home for, uh, we call Patriots Academies for extracurricular activities right now, you know, teaching martial arts and life school. We have an amazing community we built in Winnipeg and hundreds of kids coming through there nearly daily. So that's a beautiful thing. And obviously we want to keep that going. We want to keep everybody fed as well. Now we do have the world watching right now and the unity that's being created here is such a beautiful thing. If you've been here, you know it. That ripple effect alone on what it's going to do across the world will change humanity. But now we get to share that across globally, not just here if you haven't been here, because now we're going to have all that support come together. We, I suggest you don't send any e-transfers to anybody in support here. Stay away from the big foundations for crowdfunding. You can reach out to me at Sean J. Zimmer on Instagram or thevikingondemand.com. So I'm not concerned at all. I tell you, this is all fear tactics from day one. Two years ago, all fear tactics. Don't let that inside your head. Have faith. Everything they do is beautiful. It is honestly a good thing. So always look at the glass half full, not just half full, but being filled up, almost spilling over. Because everything they do right now, 
This causes more unity. It causes us to come together even more. We're human beings. We adapt. It's all designed to shake you and have you ask questions and wake up. And more people are seeing this tyrannical government overreach the rule and are coming together to help what's happening here and understanding these and stuff. So this is a beautiful thing to me. Don't let any fear inside your head, all right? Reach out to me if it is, because I can show you the way. We have an abundance of resources here. This is just a step of them scratching at whatever they can. Does this persuade you in any way to leave Ottawa and head back home? Why or why not? No, not at all. You know, I, I heard from probably almost 100 people this morning that they're on their way here because of that. And the new letter they put out to the truck drivers here scaring them, saying they could get arrested. Again, fear tactics, right? This is bringing the strong down here for much more than just a festival and experience and love, but to have boots on the ground standing here with strength and honor, no matter what happens, protecting the people of this country and our God-given rights and freedoms. Final message to uh, the people in charge that are ultimately freezing your bank account, you know, Justin Trudeau, uh, Christia Freeland, if you could speak to them right now, what would you say? You know what, um, I love you, honestly, I love everybody, but you f***ed up too far, it's time to go, all right? You need to get out of here, you need, it would be great if you could admit your wrongdoings to the people and take the punishment that comes with that and serve it, um, whatever that is, but you need to go. Uh, the people of this country and the world are coming together and you're just digging a deeper hole right now and you're going to hurt yourself and those around you even more. So it's time to you know, man up and, and, and just man up. Say that, man up.